everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pilgrim Stories Podcast. We're talking about Bible theology and life stories of people. Hey everybody, um, welcome to another episode of the Pilgrim Stories Podcast. My name is Caesar, and uh, um, I'm back again recording another podcast. Let me just uh, check my metering to see if I have a healthy um, um, audio meter. Um, how are you doing? Uh, Merry Christmas and uh, belated Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Um, I hope that um, you're doing well and uh, you have started your new year and I'm just a uh, happy to uh, be sitting right now um, uh, in my studio and uh, recording another podcast. And uh, there is something that I have been um, uh, yearning to share. To be honest, I have uh, prepared this uh, podcast uh, months back, three months back. Um, however, I just uh, couldn't find time um, uh, recording this podcast. Sorry, um, I think that was too loud. Yeah, um, recording this podcast because of work in the seminary but i am on vacation um from both and so um i'm just happy to uh, uh be sharing again um this podcast with you all and uh, i hope that you're doing well and staying warm um in this um uh winter break um that we're all experiencing i hope that when you go back to work you're all um well rested and rejuvenated um, in your homes and uh, this one I just want to share something about home um, I remember a person or I think it was Joshua Becker um, he's a pastor and, and he's also part of uh, um, this podcast that I'm about to share right now he said that home should be a place where um, we can rest well we all know that um, but he he mentioned something that um, um, make your home uh, uh, comfortable and calm so that um, a home would be like a port where you can rest, um, a, a place where you can um, uh, set your kids and uh, lead them to the world or uh, um, as they uh, go into the world, uh, whether it's school or whether, whether they are um, about to have a family, it is a place for um, physical and spiritual restoration. Um, same with us too, um, when we go back to work, after resting um, from um, during the weekends, it should be a place where we can um, be uh, restored again and go back to the world and use that strength to uh, contribute um, in our small ways, especially being a Christian, um, living a life like a salt um, so that people would see um, Christ in us. And uh, um, speaking of home, and it is also related to uh, what I'm about to share like now, like I've said, aside from Joshua Becker being part of this podcast, it's about minimalism. And uh, um, don't be scared <laughs> um, like me when I first heard about minimalism because I thought they are um, aesthetic or harsh rules or, um, you know, people not spending 
um, too much money, which is true, and people not having too many things in life, which is true. However, the reason I wanted to share it is because um, um, minimalism has benefit benefited me not only financially, but also with my mental and uh, physical well-being. Um, during the summer, I was watching uh, watching YouTube and I saw um, this guy called um, Matt Devell. I, I watched um, one of his videos. The reason I watched his video is because I kind of hit um, a wall um, in my creative um, endeavors. Um, I kind of, I somehow became stressful doing photography and, and uh, videography which are the things that I found I find um, uh, joyful and um, somehow has helped me to distress from from uh, from work or f- uh, with any with everything with anything that I do. Um, and he also um, mentioned that he Batevel also mentioned that he also somehow hit the wall uh, with his creative process. And he's a minimalism. Uh, he's he's a minimalist. Sorry. <laughs> And he is the director of um, the documentary film Minimalism and the part two of that documentary um, called Minimalism Less Is Now. And uh, the reason I watched one of his videos is because he said that our creative process should not be um, stressful, but they can also be fun in a less stressful and also a minimalistic um, way. And I was like asking myself, like, what is minimalism? Um, a minimalist in one of his um, in in one of his documentary, uh, his name is Joshua Fields Milburn. He said that it is the thing that get us past the things that we can. Um, it is it is the thing. Sorry, that get us past the things, the things so that we can make room for life's important things. This led me to a pastor. Like I've said, his name is Joshua Becker. And he once quoted that he also is a minimalist, by the way. He stopped um, his uh, pastoral ministry and he started to, uh, um, he's been writing blogs about minimalism and incorporating the gospel in Jesus at the same time. And he said that minimalism is the intentional promotion of the things that we most value by removing anything that distracts us from them. At first, I didn't understand what um, minimalism is. Like I've said, I thought it was a type of lifestyle, just owning nothing. All I know is that Matteo Bell's video have encouraged me that, like he said, cinematography and telling stories don't have to be as complicated. They can be minimalistic, but at the same time, um, it can be fun and also um, fulfilling if you are a person who likes to do uh, media work. I didn't know that my curiosity was um, um, leading me into something deep, deeper than making films, deeper than uh, pursuing um, photography, um, deeper than um, just the, the thought of just having less things in our lives. Um, and it was interesting because it has led me to something, like I've said, beneficial with my well-being and, and spiritual um, uh, well-being as well. One of the things that um, I have realized um, about minimalism is it has helped me um, to buy and keep things. Oh, that, that's somehow like, like counterintuitive because minimalism should be 
um, having less things in your life. But why did you mention by Caesar? <laughs> um, but like I've said, uh, minimalism um, has helped me to buy and keep things that are quote unquote essential in our, in in our lives. It has reminded me. This is a part of my contemplation during the summer four months ago about minimalism. It has reminded me of the reason why I buy things. Um, but if we truly ask ourselves, or if I truly ask myself, well, really, why do I buy things? <clears throat> a quote by um, Pat Morley in his book, Man in the Mirror, he writes, We buy things not for ourselves, but to impress the people that we don't like, with the money that we don't have. I don't know about you, but personally, I realize when I buy things, let's say, for example, pants, t-shirts, or material stuff, my main filter is how people would think. As I contemplate about minimalism, I realize that there was an underlying pride in my heart that was buried under the desire of approval of others. I look back and um, realize that I buy things not because I enjoy wearing them, wearing and using them, and know how essential they are in my life, which are which are the things that we should be considering when we purchase uh, something. As I started, um, as I started to declutter things, I look back and even look into my closet and saw um, T-shirts, long sleeves flannel shirts which my sister told me Caesar you don't wear them they don't look good on you um, that I don't wear on a regular basis um, I paused and realized that I would only wear one long sleeve shirt and a pair of jeans and some plain t-shirts and I wear them because I feel comfortable and truly enjoy um, when I'm in them one reason I would tell myself was that there could be an occasion when I can wear the things that I am keeping right now in my closet. But honestly, months and years would pass and I would never wear them. I don't know, maybe my sense of fashion has started to lean towards comfort than style or comfort to old age. <laughs> I don't know. So um, what I did during the summer break is I took all of the clothes that I don't wear, the flannels that my teacher, that my, sorry, that my sister would gladly not see <laughs> uh, in my closet and put them in a garbage bag. And when I saw that everything is clear, I feel like I can, I can breathe for some reason. And I saw breathe in such a way that it's, it's now it's spacious. There's a lot of space right now. And seeing the things that um, I would wear when I see them. Um, and so um, <laughs> I put them in a garbage bag. <laughs> and like I've said, I feel that I could breathe again, seeing fewer things in my closet. And thinking that when I face this closet every morning, I wouldn't spend time thinking on what to wear on a given day. I just grab this and I just grab this, wear them, and I feel comfortable and I'm okay. And that has somehow made me realize that, hmm, maybe this is um, what minimalism is. Mm. And so um, my goal from that point on, from that realization, is now dressing, not dressing to impress, but dressing to feel comfortable mentality. I came to realize that minimalism is not only um, decluttering our stuff, but it, it is also the decluttering of the mind. Like I've said, um, I don't have to spend time 
um, thinking on what to wear, uh, thinking what to wear on a given day. So after the relief I felt, after putting everything into a garbage bag, I went to my shoe closet and saw the snow, saw the, the snow boots that I don't wear and put them there in the same bag, drove to a recycle shop and sold everything for $15. And I've been running um, lately or during this, I started running um, during the summer and I don't have a phone where I can put my uh, bag, where I can put my phone so I can listen to a music or a podcast. And I saw a bag, a running bag um, for $15. And it, like I said, I sold everything, the clothes and the snowboots for $15. So I bought that bag and I feel happy because I somehow, like even though that thing was small, that bag was small, I feel like I bought something that is um, essential in my life. And uh, when I came back, I feel like um, there, there's, um, I feel like a, um, a heavy burden was lifted from me. Joshua Becker once said, Every increase of um, possession adds worries and anxiety in our lives. Lately, um, I have been uh, giving myself the 90-day rule in which if I don't wear something uh, for the next 90 days, I'm getting rid of them. Minimalism is not about not having stuff, but minimalism is, uh, also serves um, as a reminder of the question, when will this next purchase add value in my life? That the thing that we're wearing, or the the thing that we're um, that th that is in front of us, will this add value in my life before we purchase that? Um, will this help improve my life? Do I really need ten plates in in my house or different set of cups? When when was the last time we have ever used them? I'm not saying that we should get rid of. All, uh, of all of our stuff, people have different lifestyle. Let's say, for example, if you work in a in a corporate company, it will make sense to keep your suits and nice clothes because you're facing um, different people and different um, uh, you know clients at the same time. If you have visitor, visitor, visitors on a regular basis, then keeping those plates for those occasions would make sense. Um, don't get me wrong, minimalism is not legalism. But minimalism is getting rid of the things that do not co do not contribute nor add value in our lives. Minimalism is keeping the thing things that we enjoy using. But if they are collecting dust, maybe it's time to let go. Pat Morley, the same author of The Man in the Mirror, writes, With more, we have less time to enjoy the possessions we currently have. The second thing that... Um, I want, I'd like to share is minimalism has given me mental space to focus on the endeavors that I want to um, pursue in my life. Minimalism leads to uh, simplicity that um, has a uh, positive benefit or, or has a benefit in our lifestyle. Minimalism is also um, somehow connected to mental decluttering. If we simplify our life, we have more time um, with health or creativity, like I've said, or media or something, relationship and um, financial stability. We have more time to contribute beyond ourselves in a meaningful way. We would have our time back, our focus back on community, on people and not stuff or not possessions. 
the things that truly matters in our lives, just like the piece of jacket that you love to wear so much because the, it is valuable in our lives, you keep them. Same with the things that are immaterial, whether they are health, um, you put that in your um, schedule that is important to you, your faith, um, creativity, relationship, whatever it is in your life, you would have that mental space and mental energy for those things. Um, a friend of mine um, recommended the podcast. The title of the podcast is End Hustle and Fight Hurry Podcast. And uh, John Mark Comer mentioned um, reading Steve Jobs' biography. And he said that Steve Jobs wore the same turtleneck. I was also sharing this um, with my sister. Uh, the same T-shirt, jeans, and the classic New Balance shoes. It's because um, he uh, used all of his mental energy... Um, focusing on building computers and changing the world. Joshua Becker once said that every increase of possession adds worries and anxiety um, in our lives. John Mark Homer in the same podcast, um, he said that when, when purchasing something, think of the full cost benefit of the whole thing. I'm just uh, um, quoting this from him, but I would recommend you to listen to, to that podcast because it's really, um, really has helped me a lot in, in so many ways. Um, and going back, he said that, for example, when you purchase something, let's say a motorcycle, it's not just about um, paying 50 grand. Think about the mental space, again, and time you have to spend on maintaining and cleaning it and how often will you be able to use it? Um, that is related to time. Um, in I remember I purchased um, that I made years ago. Um, I love to ride bikes and have been uh, fascinated about people riding bikes and touring around the world. So I bought a touring bike. I told myself that I can use them to go to school. That way, I'm saving money on gas and getting my daily cardio. I was, it was summer um, at the time, and after weeks of contemplating the cons and pros um, on buying it, I convinced myself to buy it. Of course, who would convince myself but me? <laughs> um, and this is before um, when I started to realize or understand what minimalism is. I was excited and wrote it for the first few months, but summers would pass and winters would come. I became lazy, busy at work, and didn't write it since then. Sometimes I would think to myself, if I made the wrong decision in buying it, I know I didn't because I sometimes enjoy riding it with my nephew. I still desire to ride, and com to ride it and commute to work. Um, however, uh, maybe one day. However, um, I have not been uh, regularly riding it as I thought I would. Mm. I'm not sure um, what are those projects that you've been wanting to finish, whether they are writing or like me, um, photography or videography, um, cooking or that business that you've wanted to start. With less things to think our and our mind decluttered, just like our possessions, we will have more mental energy like Steve Jobs <laughs> to uh, do the things we've been uh, planning to do. Um, the third thing that I wanted to um, share is Owning less gives us more time to revisit our priorities. Um, like I've mentioned, minimalism not only helps us to keep the things that add value in our lives, but it also um, um, contributes uh, to our time. 
uh, positive in a positive way, and also to our mental health. As we declutter our mental possessions, we also start to declutter our mental space and remove the things that mentally distract us from our goals and priorities in life. Again, minimalism is the removal of things that distract us from the things that we most value. Minimalism also influences our schedule and helps us to be mentally aware by removing the unwanted agendas that distracts us from reaching our purpose. Lately, I've been uh, doing uh, uh, a uh, five-to-do task at work in which I set my priorities, like my five top priorities on that given day. And when I'm done doing them, I rest and I rest my mind and not work at all. Um, I'm, I'm still doing it, but, you know, being a teacher, sometimes I would only have three things that I, I could do on that day. But I, I'm a little bit like pushing myself to five so that I would have um, mental energy for the following day. My friend at church uses um, a good word um, when, when I mentioned this to him and he said this is called like micromanagement. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Um, minimalism is like an awakening somehow to me um, of organizing the to-dos and that are important in our lives. The things that truly gives us joy, we prioritize them. The things that truly gives meaning to our life, we prioritize them. And the things that would give us a sense of purpose um, in our lives. At first, I didn't understand um, a minimalist owning five shirts in their cabinet. Oh, uh, like all in the same color, but now I I I uh, I somehow have um um understood that um when they have five same colored shirt in their closet, they just pick them and wear them and go. So there's no mental energy being exerted um in that moment. I thought everything was just uh, merely related to material things when minimalism the word minimalism is mentioned. However, minimalism has freed them, like including me, I would say, from the anxiety of the mental stress of thinking about what other people would also say. Again, that's another mental juice that is being exerted when we start to think about what to wear on a given day. Uh, and plus, it's less time to um, decide um, which pants to, to wear or which jacket to, that would match with our pants. The same goes with um, our time or my time, per se, and mental energy. We look at our schedule, manage our time, and see what are the things that are valuable and worthy of our time and mental energy. On the same podcast, um, Fight, Hustle, and Hurry podcast, uh, Jefferson Bethke um, shared um, that every year, um, him and his wife would sit on a table and write their weekly schedule, whether they are swimming practice, the podcast, or other things. They write everything on a sticky note, pray to God, and see what needs to go or stay. They put them everything on a sticky note and decide, okay, this sticky note go, this sticky note would uh, stays. They've um, been doing this um, so that they would have time for things that are that, that they are that are valuable in their lives, whether they are family, uh, God, work, and community. When Joshua Becker was cleaning up his garage, um, this is before him becoming a minimalist. He thought that um, his five-year-old son would help him. 
But instead, his son saw his baseball bat in the garage and played by himself. Joshua um, started to become frustrated of all the stuff that he had to clean on that given day. His neighbor saw him and said, That's why my daughter is a minimalist. You don't have to own all this stuff. He looked at his son playing by himself and realized that his stuff have kept him from what truly is valuable in us in his life, that is, spending time with his son. He went up to the toilet where his wife was cleaning and said, You know what our neighbor said? We don't need all this stuff, and that's why her daughter is a minimalist. Time-wise, I realized that becoming a minimalist is the disposal of things that gives us stress and focusing on things that gives us life, joy, and a sense of purpose, like I've said. We will have our time back for that learning music or for, for learning the piano or learning whatever instrument that you would want to learn, that cooking hobby that you've been wanting to do, more energy for family, art, or whatever the things you've been desiring to do. Personally, I, um, that those things that are important are, or the things that are important um, to me is, um, are my, is faith, my family, um, sports, uh, my health, uh, my endeavors, um, and uh, somehow like doing them as a form of service in my church, whether they're photography or videography, and I'm putting work at the um, uh, uh, last. I was watching the doc- documentary film, going back to Matt Devel's, um documentary film on Netflix. I highly recommend it. It's really um, um, an eye-opener uh, documentary um, to me. Um, the, the Minimalist Less is Now, the part two of his documentary. It's not really a series, but a documentary film. Someone asked, hey, what about the, the sentimental items that we have? After a heartbreaking loss, Joshua Field Milburns, um, the, uh, the minimalist in that documentary film, decided to go to his mother's house, who passed away, to figure out uh, what to do with her stuff. He went there and saw the things that his mother owned. He saw the numbers of towels and realized that his mother could run a hot- hotel uh, business, the number of cups and utensils, and, and he wondered why did her mother own different types of coats. He went to the room and saw six boxes under the bed. He opened it and saw his elementary test scores that his mother had been keeping. Inside one of the inside one of inside one of them were his uh, baby pictures with his mother. Because of the stuff that his mother owned, what he did is called his mother's friends to help him decide what to do with them and contacted a uh, company and a uh, um, moving company and scheduled the biggest truck that he would ever get. However, um, he decided to keep the things that he would um, truly value, like those baby photos and a mat that his mother owned. I think he ended up with, with a box. Joshua Becker, again, we're mentioning to Joshua here. Joshua Becker is the, the former pastor. Um, the people uh, once said that um, people would be more happy if we use the things that um, have given to us. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you throw away all your sentimental items uh, because if someone gives us to them, somehow 
um, that thing has a sentimental value in our lives. Let's say I want to share one jacket that my sister bought for me. Uh, I think I remember my sister bought this at a thrift store and she bought it for $1. And imagine I my sister gave it to me five years ago and I'm still using it. And I love using it, not because, number one, it is comfortable to use, but above that, my sister gave it to me. Um, and I know that that... Uh, my my the reason my sister gave it to me because she remembered me and I value that I value that essence that my sister remembered me thus thus even though the the jacket is um just one dollar and it's not really a a uh, known brand I love using it because um um my sister gave it to me in love and so when things are given to us it would have value in my life and I'm not saying that uh, we get rid of all the sentimental things. Um, that we have in our life. But if they truly um, mean to us, we can keep them. However, um, the less items that we have, um, the more we can appreciate those things. The more sentimental things that we have, we choose them, we keep them, bring happiness in our lives and um, bring memories in our lives or whatever those um, things that, um, uh, that you have um, with you. Um. Like I've said, um, keeping those that you truly enjoy, whether they are sentimental things or possessions in life, and um, that you see that you would have a constant function in your life, just keep them. Let's say, for example, if the the tools in your garage don't serve their function as a tool, maybe it's time for them to let go. If you have not used those cups in the cupboards for years, maybe those too um, should go. Maybe it's time to sell or give them to someone. However, make sure to ask someone if they need it because if they not if they don't, um, you also would be adding things in their life that they won't need. Someone once said that my treadmill has become the most expensive clothes uh, hanger in my house. The minimalist uh, write or a minimalist once write, um, we use things and love people. That's why when we give things to people, make sure to ask them, do you really need this? Would you use this? Um, it's also, um, s- there's like an essence of caring for them, knowing that the thing that we are giving them would serve a value and a purpose or a val- or a meaningful purpose in their lives. Um, number four, one thing that I would like to share is time-wise, um, minimalism has made me aware of um, my phone and social media consumption. This is also related to um, decluttering our mind and keeping the things mentally that would give value in our lives. And one of the things that somehow made me realize is phone consumption is is uh, somehow a uh, um, like a declutter or a clutter in in my mind. A quote by um, Socrates once said. Um, that an, an, an examined life is not worth living. Like I've mentioned, minimalism has helped me to reevaluate the list of things uh, to add value in my life and remove those um, that would give me stress from my to-do list. Don't get me wrong, um, our phone or our social media have contributed um to our lives in a ser- uh, serviceable way, especially when connecting to our family and those um, high school friends whom we have never or 
whom we never see since graduation. However, as I started to um, reorganize and prioritize my life, same with my closet too, um, I became aware that um, I have an inordinate usage of my phone and, had, and it has been distracting me from uh, the flow of productivity. Again, um, I, I didn't realize that minimalism is leading me to, to uh, not only decluttering myself, but also leading me to what is affecting my, my productivity. Um, I remember Matteo Avella um, was sharing about his mental state from um, about his mental state or mental productivity state uh, from a book called Flow. I don't know well about this, um, but what I learned is that we perform at a high level and are more productive when we enter that mental state of flow. I've heard a struggle called the two-minute struggle in which um, we enter that state of flow when we overcome that two-minute hump, meaning that two-minute um, struggle, whether they are procrastination um, to doing lesson planning. For, for me, this is just an example. Like, um, I feel like I'm, I, I'm a little bit mentally tired doing um, or I don't want to do lesson planning because I'm a little bit tired. But once I get over that two-minute struggle and enter that state of flow, I realized that I was um, um, focused in, in, in deeply focused in what I'm doing. Or let's say that exercise, I've been going to the gym um, every Wednesday and Wednesday is somehow like, like that's why they call it um, hump day because you're going over the hump and going over that hump meaning you are in the middle of your um, um, physical work um, flow and when you're working, you're physically tired and you don't feel like going to the gym. But um, going to the gym, I would just tell myself that let me just uh, overcome this two-minute struggle of not wanting to go to the gym and deciding to go to the house. But after I would finish my, my, um, my workout, I would tell myself that I'm glad I did that because um, even though I don't feel like doing it, just do it. Um, and somehow it would help me to... Um, um, like overcome that that laziness, if I may say that. Maybe that's the reason why the word "just do it" um, uh, with Nike is "just do it" because even if you don't want to do it, just do it, and then you will enter that state of flow of exercising or whatever exercise that person would do. Matt Devell also said that um, start uh, start doing things before you think or feel like you are ready doing it. And that is also related to that two-minute hump that we are all struggling, I would say. Um, however, I realized that uh, when I uh, disrupt that flow of whatever I'm doing, whether productivity or I'm working, by looking at my phone and check social media, I realized that it's hard for me to get back to that state of mental flow again. Speaking of my uh, phone, whenever I would eat outside with my nephew, I would look around and notice that people are not um, talking anymore. I would see a group of um, people around uh, a table, their thumbs on their phone in silence as they wait for their food. Imagine they are all around the table waiting. The presence of that person is next to them or in front of them. But instead of talking to them, they're all um, bended down or looking at their phone. Um, now, this is not to criticize or anything, but it somehow like saddened me um, 
uh, to to uh, see that. But if we're being honest, um, this is how our world has become. We have exchanged the presence of someone over what's latest on our newsfeed. A quote by someone, I forgot who that person is, um, um, but he said, when you are bored or when we are bored and tempted to use our phone, um, fill that boredom with a conversation with someone. You will, you will then realize how kind humanity is and it will increase your optimism about the world. I was watching a documentary called Social Dilemma on Netflix. Mm. A guy, um, I forgot his name, mentioned the term intermittent reinforcement. He said that in behaviorism, it is a conditioning schedule in which a reward or punishment is not um, admin is is not administered every time a desired response is performed. For example, a mouse in a cage who didn't get food when it pulls the lever is more likely to go back and pull the lever again. That disp that dispenses the food. In addition, the desired behavior of um, is more likely the mouse of the mouse is more likely to continue. To put it in a real world context, a person who didn't win pulling the lever of a slot machine will, will more likely to go back and try again. If the player don't win every time or win the same amount, it would be exciting and fun. Thus, the desired behavior of the person is more likely to continue. The same goes with our social media usage. According to that um, documentary, documentary, refreshing that social media feed is like pulling the lever of a slot machine and see what's in it for us what's new on social media. Like the mouse and slot machine player, our behaviorism towards social media would more likely to continue. Uh, as, I, um, as I watched the documentary, I saw the excessive, that excessive social media consumption has caused anxiety and even suicide towards teenagers due to their insatiable desire to get affirmation, find their identity on it. Now I'm not um, against um, social media because going online has helped me to stay connected to my friends and family in the Philippines. However, we try to disconnect because we want to put our attention on things, again going back to minimalism, that are more valuable in, in our lives. They could be your friends, your nephew, your sister, or even trade your time with your phone with uh, with with let's say, going out and, and uh, take a walk outside and smell the flowers. Um, wow, smell the flowers and uh, listen to uh, chirping um, birds or whatever, or um, the, the gush of that water um, uh, in the river. One thing that has worked for me is uh, practicing a no-screen time after 9 p.m. and put my phone in a drawer outside my room so that... Uh, it's not the first thing I grab upon waking up in the morning. They say that um, what you do the first thing you wake up in the morning is more likely the same thing that would shape your whole day or leaving my phone in the car when I go groceries. Though it's difficult I would and would feel strange at times because I got used to using my phone, but I try to just tell myself that these are birth pains for a better result later on in life. A quote of a guy in the same documentary once said, 
If something is a tool, it, genuine, it genuinely sits at a place waiting to be used. If something is not a tool, it demands things from you, seducing you. It wants things from you. We have moved away from a tools-based technology to a uh, manipulation-based um, technology. One thing that minimalism has taught me is to be intentional with how I use my phone. Advertisements are around us. We pass them on billboards, see them on YouTube feeds, and even on the apps that we use. In a documentary, Social Media, uh, they mention the word deficit adver advertisement. Marketing is sending messages into our subconscious that we are inadequate if we don't um, buy the product or have the products. That our kids wouldn't love us if we don't have the latest dishwasher that we wouldn't be enough to our circle of friends or to our girlfriend or even family if we don't have the latest car. Beyond the material things, um, other ways of being enough is having a community, having a purpose, having an identity besides the brand. It is sad because nowadays we see human identity is what people um, somehow like struggle they see human identity in in um, uh, not what they do, but they see human's worth in their net worth. In the documentary, it says, we decide to buy things and accumulate stuff because we are deprived of them. And I'm, um, I, I can also uh, um, attest that. Or if we're being honest, maybe um, the social rewards that we would get. I'm not against purchasing. According to Joshua Becker, just by um, simply asking the question, can I afford it, is a, a terrible filter when buying something. I thought of uh, um, sharing um, the five questions that I've learned from him when um, making a purchase. Number one, does this support my life goals or dreams in life? Will it accomplish or contribute to um, our unique role in the world? What are my motivations when buying something? Am I buying this just to impress someone? Um, what are my trusted friends think about this? Is there something else I would like to spend my money on? Um, what would my life look like when I say no? What value will it add to my life? 1 Timothy 6.8 says, But if we have food and clothing, be content. 
Our society has bombarded us with advertisement that leads us to the idea that if we don't have the certain item, um, we are less. Charles Spurgeon once said, If we are not content with what we have, um, we would not be satisfied if we if they were doubled. Set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. Colossians 3.2 says, other passages says that your um, set your affection on things above. The word affection is from the Greek word phroneo, meaning to exercise. So meaning exercising is not just a one thing, just like going to the gym. You go to the gym one time and stop doing it. Exercising is, is a constant daily thing. That's why a lot of people, most people would say that exercises is a daily, should be a daily habit that we should um be, that should be incorporated in our lives so um from that word froneo meaning to exercise exercising meaning directing our our own mind into something that is heavenly that is valuable that has eternal value in our lives verse 5 says put death or mortify what is earthly in us it is interesting that um, inordinate affection is mentioned in the same passage. We all have had inordinate affections in our lives. And I hope that um, the passage in Colossians and the message of minimalism would encourage you in some ways. Our identity is not found with our possessions nor in how people would see us in or with them. Our identity is found in our true in, in our true relationship with Christ and ourselves, how we accept and unconditionally love ourselves despite our imperfections, the love of our family and the relationship we have built with other people, and above all, the unconditional love of Jesus, who, while we were still sinners, accepted and loved us with, with an undying love. I pray that um, the certainty of heaven through faith in Jesus would set our priorities, including me, and help us to focus on our minds, on on the things that has eternal value in heaven, whether your faith or your walk um, as you do your work in, 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 your, in your workplaces and how you strive to see Jesus in your lives, whether they are cooking, contributing to the community uh, for the glory of Christ, um, I don't know um, your lifestyle. However, um, I hope that um, this message of minimalism would somehow encourage you and um, somehow like um, open up, made you make you realize um, the way it has to me in, in, in a loving way um, that our identity is not found in the things that we have, but in Christ. And that having less is um, beneficial in our lives. And that um, we can use our energy and time with the things that is truly valuable. Relationships, um, our spiritual journey, and our faith in Christ. Have a good day and thank you for listening. It has been long because I've been truly desiring to share this. See you on the next podcast. I don't know when will it be. But I'll see you then.